welcome to Shades of You podcast, where we're talking about life, love, and the lessons we've learned. And how we use our different perspectives to shape our relationship as an interracial couple and blended family. All right, well, let's get into it today. So what are we talking about today? Um, today, the topic is... Drum roll, please. <laughs> rules of engagement. Ah, rules of engagement. How to fight with your spouse or how not to fight with your spouse. Huh. I am I am guilty of this one. So this is gonna this is gonna hurt a little bit, but you know, this is about like it's like a small group, right? So if you think about it, it's like a small group. We're not the gurus. Let's let's preface that by, by every time we want to let people know that we don't claim to be the gurus. We're just providing information and we're sharing things that, like I said, that that regard our life, um, love and lessons we're learning. So this is one that I know is something that we definitely wanna get better at because again, we have not always fought. Um, or argued fairly. I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. I be I be trying to go for blood sometimes, proverbially, not physically, but uh, in the sense of like I, I want to win, right? And so uh, this is this is going to be a good one. Yeah. And in this episode, uh, we got some really great feedback. You're going to be hearing from some couples that we know, people that have been married from anywhere from nine years uh-huh. to fifty eight and a half years. We got some seasonings on it. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're going to be giving their insight um, as to what they've learned over the years that has helped them when they're engaging in an argument. Like, you know, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to relationships, you got to go to those people that have have that life experience, that have that real-time experience. You know, we can read books and we can talk to people that may not be married or gurus in their own specific field, but if you haven't been on the ground and you really haven't been immersed in a real relationship or marriage and understand what that means. Because again, like arguments are going to come up because again, you're asking two individuals to try to be together. And you know, there's differences about how we were raised, how we're thinking about it, just our, our life experience. And we're trying to come together for a common goal. And sometimes we don't know how to fight fair. That just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, this is mine. This is mine. You think about a little kid when the first, you know, learning how to speak and they, they get something that's there. It's the first thing they want to say is mine, 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 mine. And we, we just, we roll and we grow in that mentality of always thinking like it's ours, it's our position. This is how I'm thinking. This is my way of life. And we don't know, we don't have the necessary skills or tools um, to really know how to argue in such a way that it's constructive, but you're not killing the other person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like in our case, we've been married before, right? prior to this marriage. And sometimes you think, uh, I mean, depending on your experience in the past, excuse the background noise. We have two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Real life. So you may hear one of them shaking and one of them <laughs> eating and chewing on a bone um, or jumping up on the couch and sitting next to us. Okay. Um, yeah. So when what I was trying to say was that um, we, as a couple who have been married prior, mm-hmm. Um, maybe even in our first relationships may have been more accommodating in certain areas. And when that relationship ended, uh, you kind of get this sort of your backup and you're like, this is something I'm not going to put up with again, or (laughs) I'm hitting a point. Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that because again, like you said, you've learned from experiences, other relationships that you've been in, like you taking a different position and the results that in that marriage or that relationship didn't necessarily work out in your favor. So you like, Oh no, I ain't, I definitely ain't doing that. I ain't going to be no punk. I ain't about to take this. 
going into their new relationship. So you're taking mm-hmm. like past experiences that you've already experienced and you're using that and how you go about handling arguments. I know I'm guilty of that because I'd be like, yo, I ain't about to take this crap. Yeah. Because it, because of past experiences. So Yeah. And we bumped our heads a couple of times. <sighs> yeah. Even this week, I'm guilty. Really? Yeah. Do you want me to elaborate? Do you want to share? <laughs> Well, you um, know, you were doing some, wait, you were doing some research. Yeah, I was doing some research. And I asked you if you learned anything from your research for this episode. Right. And you said, yeah, I used one of the pieces of, of advice or whatever. Yeah, um, so one of the pieces of advice. I didn't know what it was, yeah. That I learned while I was doing research. It's funny how like when you're doing research to get ready for these particular episodes, um, you find yourself learning valuable lessons or... You can choose to ignore it, but I, I'm choosing to learn from it and using some of the, the principles to see if they really work. So we had like a little ar- argument earlier this week where we were just we were fixated on a certain position and I got a little testy um, because, again, that's something that I'm working on. And I really wanted to prove my point like this is what it was and it didn't necessarily go that well. So we to the point to where like we kind of went to our separate rooms. I was washing dishes. You were getting ready. And we were supposed to have breakfast, but it didn't look like breakfast is going to happen. While I was washing these dishes, I was like, all right, Carrie, get off of yourself. Stop being stubborn. And why don't you practice one of these, you know, particular skill sets that you just learned? And one of the skill sets that I learned was you got to go tackle the problem now. Like, i.e., like, put your ego to the side and go and apologize because you can't let too much time um, get into that because what happened is sometimes you get into your own thoughts and then you create a narrative that's not real. And the times pass, I have let time go by and I'd be like, it is what it is. You know, like, and, and I have, I have a, I have a little attitude, on my, you know, with me. I like, for lack of better words, I have my butt on my shoulders. Like I re- really be feeling myself, but this time I wanted to do something different. And so I went in, um, as you were getting ready, I'm like, you know what, babe, I'm sorry. And I I forced you in a, in a in a good sense to like to talk about the issue that that it was and I and I extended the olive branch and I apologized mm-hmm. and the results were amazing because again you were like willing to open up and take the apology and we were able to move forward and realize that we're on the same team. So what's funny is I don't even remember what we were arguing about. You probably do, but I don't. It's not important. Right. And I'm not saying that for you to like bring up what it was, but I'm just saying sometimes I hold on to stuff and then later on it doesn't, it didn't even matter because I I can't even remember what it was. Facts. I mean, facts like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't important. So, yeah, but uh, let's, let's get into a little bit. So I took a few notes um, Mm -hmm. because again, as I was doing this research and homework, I wanted to kind of make sure that, you know, I had something of substance to talk about. Um, and so um, a couple of different things that I was looking at, like, is it more important to be right or to be loved? I, I really yeah. want to dive into that. Yeah. Where did we hear that one? We heard that one together. We've somewhere. we've heard it several times. So it was like it was confirmation. We've heard yeah. it like in messages. We've heard it in different kind of um, marital uh, therapeutic kind of like different kind of seminars that we've listened to. Mm-hmm. I know in the past it's been more important to be right. Mm-hmm. Than to be loved, just because again, like I said, of past experiences, you want to prove your point. You want to put your foot down in the sand and be like, "I know what I'm talking about," and you don't know. What you, you know, you want to start pointing fingers and doing all the other kind of stuff. So it was more important to be right. But that statement, um, "Do you want to be right or do you want to be loved?" It's like, okay, you can be right. right? You could be right all by yourself. By yourself. Mm. By yourself. 
like just when you say that right by yourself like yeah you're right but you i mean you're in a room isolated by yourself and you didn't you didn't accomplish your goal your if your goal was to be right you accomplish that but if your goal is to to be love and to you know continue to foster a great relationship you didn't you missed the mark yeah and I, i've been guilty of that and that's something that i always want to think about like it's more important to be loved than to be right that's why like i said again i i I changed my course of action because, again, in the times past, I've allowed my ego to make me be like, mm, whatever, man, I ain't I ain't about to, you know, go in there and apologize. She was wrong. She should have never raised her voice at me. She shouldn't have <laughs> said what she said. And I'm creating these narratives the longer it keeps going. And mm-hmm. then she was looking at me crazy. Then I heard her humph underneath her breath. Like, <laughs> you're making up all of this extra stuff that did not happen mm-hmm. because, again, I didn't want to take, you know, the the putting my ego to the side and then deciding that, you know what, it's more important to be loved than it is to be right. Right. Um, I want to mention something that I learned in therapy or that we learned. I don't know. We learned in therapy. But, yeah, I'm listening. Um, one of the therapists that we have seen together, uh, one time when I was talking to her about us arguing, yeah, she said, you know what, when he you know, is argumentative or you know, you feel like you're rising up into an argument, Go to the bathroom. And like it's the funniest. It's the funniest, like weirdest kind of piece of advice. Just like walk away and say, I gotta go to the bathroom. Cause what the other person's gonna be like, no, you can't go to the bathroom right now. We're arguing. No, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Go to the bathroom, take a bath if you want to. Sit and read a book or something. Like just take some time to chill out. And let some time diffuse the situation a little bit. Right. And, you know, just the piggyback off that, just um, in the grand scheme of things, is being right worth it? Well, because... <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I can personally say this as a person that wants to plant my flag in the ground and be against the world. It's not worth it. Like, I've been isolated. I've isolated myself from... Mm-hmm relationships even in, in this marriage I've isolated myself by like trying to be like I I know that I'm right and you know just to prove a point and it's like I remember one time and then if you win who lo- who loses somebody loses do. I lose and do you want me to lose is nah, that the point not at all yeah in, in times past yes I'm not gonna lie I remember several times um we were arguing and you were like you win you win and I was like but I didn't. I don't feel like I won. I'm like, because I'm seeing you hurting and I'm seeing you crying, and I'm like, what did I win? Mm-hmm. I don't get a medal. I don't. I don't get a prize. So. But I felt probably in that moment like you were fighting so hard to win, and it's like okay, like red or white flag, yeah. white flag, you win. Yeah. You know. So I mean, it's just understanding those things. Like it's, is being right worth it? And I mean, honestly, like where I'm at now and understanding the grand scheme of things is no. And like I said again, this this is like a small group. I want you people who listen, who people who tune in to understand like we're not professing to be the the subject matter experts in any regard. We're just saying like this is like a small group. It's like a, an open discussion. We just kind of happen to be facilitating it. Yeah. So if you have some experiences, please drop a comment below. We would love to hear how you diffuse situation yeah. um, arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, how what you've learned over the years about arguing with your spouse or your significant other. Maybe now would be a great time to play the first clip. Yeah, let's listen. So we've got Nazinga and Anthony from New Jersey. My name is Nazinga. My name is Anthony. And we're from New Jersey. And we've been married going on 18 years this year. 
Regarding how to fight, you need to let it go. There are some things that can hurt so bad that can even be misunderstood. And that be the reason why it's hurt so, you know, it hurts so bad that we carry over into the next day. And then you start to notice different changes, of course, you know, um, maybe you're not picking him up from work, find your own ride. Maybe you're not, you know, bringing him his plate if that's the thing that you do, you know, get your own food. You start to make different changes because you're holding on to what occurred in a moment. And the fact of the matter is you would still love them. You would still serve them. You would still be kind to them. You would still be tender. You would still be and do all that you do if the disagreement never happens. And I think that we become so irate just off of disagreeing. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to love them, even if they don't understand exactly where you're coming from. But if you continue to to operate from the perspective of unconditional love, it helps eliminate uh, just a a downward spiral in a relationship. And I think for me, when you're in that discussion, when you're in that debate, that argument is to to respect the other person and let them finish. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, even in our arguments and we can just be honest and transparent Mm -hmm. you know there were times where I just didn't let you finish I would cut you off Um, and I don't think that's something that you want to do that's Mm -hmm. something that I've I've learned going forward is that to the best of my ability to let you finish Um, so you want to let your you know your partner your your husband your wife your boyfriend your girlfriend let them finish Um, it one helps the the argument or the discussion you know go over smoothly um, it reduces the amount of time, something that you can easily, you know, debate or argue about. Maybe in 30 minutes, you could be there almost an hour and a half if you continue mm. to cut the person off. So there has to be that level of, of respect where you just let, you know, whoever it is who's talking get what they need to get out. Um, you know, there is a way to, to interrupt or to interject you know, with respect, if if there's a lot that's being said and you're processing everything and you want to make sure that you don't forget anything, there's a there's a, mm-hmm. a definitely a great way to do that. But you don't want to just cut somebody off and say, but I think you're wrong. You know, all it does is it makes things escalate yeah. um, and just draws it out even more. Well, they had some great nuggets. So one thing that I know that I'm guilty of that I, I don't do a lot of times that I'm really working on is allowing you to finish. They were saying it's really important to let your partner finish so that they can get their idea out because, again, you want to value what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something that could take 30 minutes, you cutting them off and interjecting will wind up being an hour and a half, two hours or whatever it may be. Right. And letting it go that everything is not crucial Um if the and keeping it about the situation. Yeah. If you you know, Nazinga said, if if that situation, if that argument had never happened, you would still be treating that person the same way. It's true. Very so true. it's not really about the person, it's about the problem. It's about the issue. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm gonna look at one more note that I have before we get into the next thing. Okay. Was what I was telling you earlier was I was saying like you're trying to resolve the surface problem. There's always what it is. So like it may start out with this saying like there's taking out the trash, but then you want to start going deeper and compiling stuff. That was something else that I learned. Like you're not supposed to compile. Mm-hmm. Like when you're arguing, be like, 
oh, you didn't take out the trash, and then you ain't do this, and you ain't do this, and you ain't do... Like, it's like piling on and piling on. That's yeah. going to further make it be more volatile when you're having an art. Because then it's just like, get up off me. Like, get I, I, you need... I can't... You're always pointing out every single deficiencies. So, like, keep it on the surface of what it, exactly it is. If it's, like, the trash... Focusing on the trash. Don't be like, and then you got your clothes, and then you got this, and then you got this. Like the piling on is something that you want to try to avoid. Keep it on the surface issue. Yeah, and then um, accelerating. That's another good one. Yeah, it, you know, I think you could probably explain it better than I could because you yeah. heard it more recently than I did, um, and you're better at that. But. Um, just making sure that you're not accelerating the problem, that you're not adding fuel to the fire, that you're not um, allowing the voices to make the problem bigger than it is. Yeah, creating a false narrative. Because what, what can happen is when it is about accelerating the issues, when you find yourself getting worked up to the point where you, you know that if you press, if you're being pressed, you're like, you feel like you're cornered in a, in like in a corner, like an, an animal being agitated and poked with a stick. You're just going to become, you, you, you go into survival mode essentially. And you're just trying to get any kind of, you know, results to get that person off of you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful that you don't accelerate the conversation by saying something that you are saying something slick. I know a lot of times in the past I've been in relationships <laughs> that somebody's had a slick mouth. I've even said something slick. You got to be careful to to like guard your words. Yeah. And then also too, you have to guard your mind because again, what you can do is create a false narrative that's not even true. Yeah. You find yourself being upset and angry over stuff that didn't even happen, but you're creating this because again, you're allowing yourself to get worked up to a point like accelerating the conversation, moving so expeditiously in the conversation and so violently like you're just like, you just want to like quench or you know, pretty much take out the threat. And that's really where it comes to. So, Right. So good ways to avoid accelerating a problem would be to remove yourself from the situation for a while. Yeah. Uh, whether that is to go for a walk or a run. And and if you're asking to be removed, like, resp- the other person respect that. Like, mm-hmm. I know times past where I've asked, I've been in a relationship before when I'm like, yo, I just need some space. And the person followed me. And like wanted to, you know, proceed to get a little physical. Mm. Like, you don't want to agitate a person. If a person's asking for a space, respect for, respect that person and in that space and be like, okay, cool. But I, I still want to talk about it. Like, do what you need to do, but let's let's talk about it. So that gives you both space and time to really kind of let let your thoughts go. And that particular time, don't let your thoughts accelerate or create a false narrative. Right. Should we play number two? Yeah, let's play number two. All right. We're Rob and Paula from Cat's Hometown in Canada, and we're going to talk to you about fighting and how we deal with it after having been married for just about 29 years. One of the things that I think we've done well is uh, I think I chose well from the start. We weren't kids when we got together. Uh, uh, I was... 30 when we got married and uh, over time uh, I think we've been able to avoid a lot of the traps that uh, neither of us are insecure and uh, have been trustworthy and continue to trust each other. So I think we uh, we can step around a lot of the, the big items and mostly what we fight about are little things and we've gotten better and better at uh, 
at being fairer and uh, getting to the point easier and uh, quicker and being able to joke our way out of it after a little while uh, sooner and sooner. I think one of the other things we do well is that we both honour the other's opinion, even if it's different than our own. We understand that it's valid for the other person. Even when she's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing we always do is we end with a joke, not on purpose, but we always end up laughing. So we find a way to completely turn the situation around and be comfortable with things. And I think we both understand the relationships at work. That was very insightful. They said something that, you know, like, that, but that comes with seasoning being in a relationship about, like, at the end of an argument, they find a way to be funny, like, to, you know, put sugar on a situation that could have, like, had a lot of salt in it just to to warm it up a little bit. And that's something that, you know, um, I definitely want to kind of be more mindful about. It may not necessarily work for us, but I want to be like, maybe find a way to kind of be like, listen, you know, like, yeah, it was kind of heated or whatever we talked about or whatever, but like, I still love you and like, maybe make a joke like, you know, like when you were saying whatever, you look kind of crazy. I mean, find something, find the, the funny parts in it. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And I mean, they've, they've been together a long time, but yeah. also it has to do, to also, <clears throat> excuse me. It also has to do with their personalities. True. You know, they're the fact is that they are very calm, yeah, kind people anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know they're they don't have a very volatile relationship. Yeah, I mean, and so that that's a good lesson in itself is that you know like they they operate like friends. Yeah. And they treat each other with kindness, but they hold themselves to a certain level of standard, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, this is all great information. And one thing I want to say, this is not, this is not Bible. This is not the law. So for those that are listening, like, take, you know, what you can use and apply it to your life. That's what I'm saying. Like, every couple has different advice. Every couple has a different kind of mannerisms about their, you know, who they are. And so what you have to do, or what I, you know, one of the things that I've learned in life and just taking advice from other people is, is picking the fish off the bone. Like everything is not going to apply necessarily to you, but like take what's necessary so the way you can use it and apply it to your life and whatever you see that there are real weaknesses and then identify your real weaknesses. Don't be like, I'm straight when you know that there's an area of weakness. Right. That's how you're going to grow. I mean. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm Rick. And I'm Crystal. And we're from Southern California. Yep. And we've been married for 13 years mm-hmm, in March. March. Yeah. One thing we learned to avoid an argument is to not use triggers. Yeah, like I know when my wife, uh, <laughs> a couple of her triggers are, if I was to say always or uh, never, like I would say, oh, you never do this or you always do that, she gets Really yeah. angry. <laughs> as soon as I hear that, I think, oh, that's a lie. That's not true. And then I immediately want to control the whole <laughs> narrative. Yeah. And I know that some of his triggers mainly have to do with tone. Like if I started raising my voice mm-hmm. um, versus talking to him or talking at him, that would definitely escalate a disagreement to an argument or fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they're on par with some of the the notes that I took. It was saying that um, that not to communicate when you're triggered. 
Yeah. So the fact that she said that, like, I mean, they're on par. And I know for me, I, I know <laughs> we've even talked about some of my, I mean, because I exaggerate a lot of times when I'm, when I'm talking or when I, not even, <laughs> first of all, let's not do that. I just, these are jokes. Um, when I'm arguing, I, I do always, never, I do use those absolutes. So do I, though. Yeah, and I know when you do it. It drives you crazy. It sets me off. And, and I, likewise. And I, and even, though, even though I may not even be like, I'm so fixated upon that you said always and never, like like Crystal was saying, that I even, I just don't even listen to anything else you you're saying. You just shut down and again, it's like, oh, well, we're not, this conversation doesn't even matter at this point because right. you're blaming me for something. That, like, this is ridiculous. So now, you know, hearing somebody else say it, it's just like, it's one of those areas that I want to make sure that I'm placing more focus and more intention on not using those triggers. Because again, those words set you off. You're not even focused on what the real problem, what the surface issue were. You're creating a different narrative. You're making up stuff. You're like, you're going on a whole tangent and you're losing sense of what the argument was about or the discussion was about in the first place. I think that we started getting good at identifying triggers yeah. for ourselves. So when we are arguing or something happens, now I think I'm qu quicker to say, you know what, like that thing really triggers me. And I know you may not mean this or I know that this may not be happening or whatever, but this is a trigger for me. And usually when I say that, we're able to have a real conversation Yeah. and vice versa, I think. Because when you say you're triggered by something, I know like, okay, it's time to back up a little bit, yeah. back off, you know, because this mm -hmm. is not going to end well if we just keep pushing it. Nah. Okay, so another thing that um, Rec and Crystal wanted to talk about but didn't, it, they said that it was a controversial topic, was um, that they let the sun set on their wrath. And mm -hmm. I think that we're kind of taught in our society um, I mean, as far back as I can remember, like, don't let the sun set on your wrath when you're married. Don't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. Always resolve a conflict before you go to bed. Um, they don't do that, right. and it works for them. And they said what happens is they go to sleep on it, and the next day they wake up loving each other and loving on each other, getting each other food. Yeah. And I, I understand that because I, I can hold on to stuff and sometimes it can make it hard for me to fall asleep at night if I'm upset. Yeah. And you'll be quick to fall asleep <laughs> instead of dealing with the issue. Yeah. But um, I think I'm starting to understand that, yeah, like if you give it time often, it will diffuse the anger. I think what happens for me is I want to diffuse it. I mean, this is just about my past experience. I wanted it to diffuse it when it came to us. Um, and what has happened is, like, we go into these long discussions, and I'm already tired. And I just be like, dude. Because I will talk a thing bro, to I'm death. I'm about to TV tap out. I'm about to go. I, I I'll, will see, beat I'll see you horse. in the morning. Mm. But after watching what we um, the TED Talk that you shared with me today, and understanding that, like, tomorrow is never promised. Yeah. So that is probably going to make me sharpen that attention to detail to be like, listen, if we don't make it to tomorrow, I want to make sure tonight that I got it right with you because, again, I don't know that tomorrow's promise and I want to operate in love. So a lot of times it's just me, my ego. Like, I just got to put it to the side and realize, listen, let's f figure out what the real issue is. Let's keep the facts the facts. Let's really just lock in and get that done and 
resolve it because again, we don't know tomorrow's promise. And then tomorrow is a brand new day that we can start loving each other all over again. You know? Yeah. Um, and kind of along these same lines though, I got, um, I had a conversation with my aunt that has been married to her husband, my uncle for 58 and a half Yo, years. Clap, clap it up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, where's that applause? I think we have, <laughs> no, not that one. Oh. <laughs> That's no laughing matter. No, it's, it's okay. no. <laughs> it's okay. I should add a clap in there. Um, yeah, but I, I want to share this. So she said, my husband and I have been married for 58 and a half years. I must admit, as we age, there are fewer and fewer reasons for anger to surface in our relationship. Mm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. In past years, time was a great healer of frustrations with each other. As the wife, I was often the one to bring up the issue seeking communication, and hopefully some resolve. The best advice I can suggest is to sleep on the problem, pray to, and then talk. Some issues aren't worth a fight, and some issues just take time to heal. Don't stop talking or loving one another. Insightful. That's some real seasoning. You said like 58? Yeah, 58 and Sheesh. a half. Yeah. That's some real seasoning. We're going to so. be going out to see them for their 60th wedding anniversary. That's what I'm talking about. So awesome. So that's great advice. All right, on to the next. Yeah, let's let's keep it rolling. All right. We have Glenn and Yvette next, and they've been married for, I believe, nine years. Okay. Hello, I'm Yvette. And I'm Glenn. And we are from sunny California. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that we've learned over the years about arguing is that we are on the same team. Yeah, I think that... We remind we have to remind ourselves that we are on the same team, that we are definitely trying to accomplish the same goal, but we may want to go about it a different way. And so to remind ourselves we're on the same team just puts everything back into perspective. I think um, one of our mentors said that it's about alignment, not necessarily agreement. agreement. Yeah. And um, I think that's just kind of what has helped us along the way. Yeah. That was really insightful. What do, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's along the lines also of uh, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and that you don't have to always agree, but can you stay in alignment even if you're disagreeing? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, this is a, a this whole subject and this whole topic is really insightful for me because, like I said, I feel like I'm growing. Like, I'm in class. Like, I feel like this discussion is was something that was pertinent to me because again, I know this is an area that has it's a weakness for me mm -hmm. is uh, about you know knowing how to fight fair, knowing the rules of engagement, understanding that how important alignment is. Like just hearing some of these words, these key words like alignment, um, you know that means so much more to me versus just the you know because again, like we are walking one in one, we're walking hand in hand, and you know I'd rather be aligned with you than to try to be right and just to prove a point. Like I gain nothing from that. Right. So we're a partnership. Um, so exactly, we and we're on the together. same team. Like understanding, like we're yeah. on the same team. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not warring against you. We're not enemies. And we've been through that and looked at each other like, oh, you're the enemy, you yeah. know. And then it's kind of like you have to shake your head and be like, wait a second, why did we get into this relationship in the first place? Was right. it to be enemies? No. Uh, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, like you got to stop looking at each other like enemies right. and realize if we're going to move forward, we have to carry that cart forward together and we are on the same team. On the same Our team. end goal is the same. If it's right. not, then what are we doing? Exactly. It's, I mean, th- this stuff is like, I'm, I'm saying ouch because again, like I know it's hitting me in a lot of places like this. You definitely stepping on my toes with this, all of this, because again, I know I got a lot of homework to go back and do. We both do. And I, I'm and looking forward a, to it's this. It's a homework. lifelong thing. Yeah, because this is the homework. This is the, the kind of work that you put in. If you're going to the gym, you're working out. You don't like the work, but you love the results. So I know that it's going to require some work. I'm looking forward to the work because, again, I don't run away from the work. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's going to benefit in the long run. Right. Who do we have next? Do you remember? Um, Pastors Todd and Michelle. Yes, from New Life LA. All right. Hello, I'm Pastor Todd Cleese. This is my wife, Michelle Cleese. Uh, we're the pastors of New Life LA. We've been married for 37 years. And tonight, we're going to answer a question that was posed to us by our good friends, Carrie and Kat for their podcast, Shades of View. And that question is... We're just going to be sharing our point on how we argue and how we discuss and engage into arguments. So this is what we've learned. Um, Even though you may be passionate about a particular point, um, you don't want to make the point personal or uh, say something demeaning to your spouse that is out of bounds or a soft area that you know they feel a certain kind of way about because it's weakness or vulnerable to them. You just don't want to do that. Just make it about uh, whatever the subject is. And even if you, in a moment, because we're passionate people, sometimes we get, uh, we feel ourselves and say the wrong thing. Just apologize. Apologize quickly. Don't don't let that thing fester. And in Ephesians uh, 4.32, the word tells us to be kind to each other, sympathetic, forgiving each other, as God has forgiven us through Christ. And I've learned that we need to forgive fast. And it just shuts the door for the enemy being able to come through and wreak havoc in your house. So I would just say forgive fast. And so this is what you got to ask yourself. At the end of the day, um, do I want to win an argument or win a point in a disagreement? Or do I want to have peace in my house? Or do I want to have good fellowship between me and my spouse? And I think you can answer that question. We want good fellowship and we want peace, peace. right? So yes. those are the tools that we've learned to use and has helped us stay together um, over the years. Yes. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Yeah, that was good. Apologize quickly and forgive fast. Yeah, so that goes back to the, the one point I was telling you, like uh, I was learning how you got to diffuse the situation quickly. Yeah. And I use that, you know, when I was, like I said, our we had an, an experiment <laughs> uh, this week where I just wanted to experiment and see like, you know, <laughs> is this advice that I was learning if it really worked? And it, it does. That particular part worked like diffusing the situation quickly. So um, you don't want to let a situation fester. I, I, I've learned in the past when you let a situation fester, you start to create your own narrative. You start mm-hmm. to make up stuff. You start to like look at a person sideways. You got all these different things that are coming into your head and you're creating situations that didn't necessarily happen. And you're allowing yourself to get even more enraged to a point to where like you're starting to look at your mate and your spouse or your partner as the enemy. Yeah. So, you know, don't let, you know, a matter of fact, I've learned in business where they say like time can kill a deal because you let too much time go, go to, you know, elapse or whatever. So it's just the same thing. Like 
of learning that you got to diffuse something really quickly. You got to say, I'm sorry, really get to the meat of it, iron it out, and let's move forward. Yeah. Well, this next one I'm really excited for because it's a friend of mine, Carla, and she just has, I've always admired the way that she operated as a wife, Mm -hmm. and she came with some really great advice, so I can't wait to share it with you guys. Here she is. This is Carla Duran. And I have been married with Daniel Duran for about 11 years, uh, together 13 years. We knew each other from high school. So we've known each other a long time. Um, And a few nuggets in our marriage that have helped us during disagreements. I would really say listen without reactivity, like truly listen, because we've come to learn that each partner really has validity in certain points and try to uh, find common ground. A lot of couples tend to forget, but we have gotten really good at just remembering that we're always arguing for the same team. It's really not a him versus you mentality or him versus me. It's us, our family, our children. So if I'm thinking of how to better serve each other and the marriage, um, that's kind of the stance we kind of take. Um, It's important to realize that you are not always going to win and that is okay. We've learned that we both have kind of our knowledge in certain areas and we respect each other in those areas. And so although both of us may always have input, um, we truly genuinely come from a place of trust. And because we trust each other, um, we're okay not winning. I'm okay not winning certain things because I know that Daniel is doing it for us and the betterment of my family. So if he really feels passionate about something or an opinion, then I relinquish and I'm okay with that. And we do that for each other. That could be vice versa with parenting, finances, marriages, whatever it may be. I think we because we generally come from a place of trust, even if I'm not in total agreement, uh, because I trust him, I will, you know, for each other, we will give each other leeway in terms of a decision or something that we're trying to put on the table. And we know that it's going to be okay. And it's always worked out for us. Um, Dr. Gottman, um, Mr. and Mrs. Gottman from a school in Seattle. They've done um, marriage counseling and research for over 40 plus years on thousands of couples and what, you know, makes couples go the long haul and what kind of terminates a marriage early. And they talk about the force horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, It sounds pretty drastic, but it's really true. So based on how uh, couples argue or disagree, Um, What they have found is, and actually utilize it, you know, because my background is in mental health and marriage and family, that it's not how much people disagree that necessarily tears down marriages. It's how they disagree, how they fight and how they resolve their conflict. So the four horsemen really is if you fight with a lot of contempt for the other person, if you're defensive if you tend to criticize your pers- you know, your partner a lot, you know, you did this, you did that, um, a lot of stonewalling, cold shoulder. Um, if there's a combination of those four things going on, um, it really tears down uh, communication in couples. And so because I am hyper aware of that, um, I really try not to do those things. Yeah, that's such good information. Now she talked about the four horsemen, which is criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. I'm going to share a link in the description box below. Yeah. 
uh, about this specifically. So you can read up a little bit more about it um, in more detail. But also we'll kind of give a little bit of a, a rundown of the key points that we talked about in this video. Um, but another thing that Carla was telling me about was the love sandwich, mm -hmm. something that she uses that I think is really cool. It's a... Um, she may have an issue or topic that she wants to address, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what she does is she sandwiches it with love. So she has the bun and she starts with love. So mm -hmm. I love you. You know, you're a great provider. You are um, really good at what you do. I appreciate you so much. You know, I was thinking, and then you slip the issue in. I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling in this area and I wanted to talk to you about X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. this issue, you know, I really hope that, and then you sandwich it with another love bun uh, and you say something like, but I know you're doing your best and I really love you and I just want to find a way to resolve this together. We should try it. We should, because I feel like that would be really effective and it's not a way of, I mean, now we're aware of that, right? but... If we use that, it's because we respect each other and we want to be heard and we want to res make sure the other person is receptive to what we're saying. It's not a manipulative tactic. I know it's going to work for you. <laughs> well, you I, know. I, I just, just because of your personality, like I can tell if I, if I do, if I use that particular uh, approach or method, I really feel like it's going to be really effective because. Um, I've kind of done something yeah. like that before in the past. So yeah, that I feel would like that'll definitely be really effective with you. Yeah. I think it would work with you too, though. I think you so, would feel respected. How about, let's let's try it now. Okay. Oh, God. I, I got to think of an issue, though. Oh, no, I'm going to try it on oh. you. You don't oh, okay. have to think of an issue. But I, I have a, an issue. I have an issue. Okay. First of all, I, I think you're in a, a, not even think, I know you're an amazing wife and a, your heart is in the great right place and you're always working you're always actively doing so many wonderful amazing things for our family um but i have one small issue mm -hmm. um you're charging your phone like you don't charge your phone <sighs> and as only i'm only bringing this up because i'm concerned about you like i know um when you, sometimes you're out and you're walking the dogs and your phone is dead and i don't know what's going on or whatever i just i would love it if while you're here, if you could just charge your phone. Because, again, I, I'm so concerned about you, and I don't want anything to happen to you because you're so precious to me, and I love you so much, and I need you, and I don't want to lose you. So if you could do that for me, I would love it tremendously. <laughs> so good. Did it, how, yeah, think gonna, I, would, I think I'll, I'll um, definitely be charging my phone when I'm so at home. <laughs> now that you guys are hearing this and you guys are watching this, I need y'all to help me make sure we Hold keep her me accountable. accountable. Keep her accountable. So what happens is, I don't know what happens. There's really no good excuse. So you're at, I'm at home working on something and I don't plug my phone in. And then before I know it, it dies. And I may have to go walk the dogs and my phone is dead. And it's just not, um, not a I, good situation. You make me have so much anxiety about the situation. I'd be like, Mom, <laughs> come on, babe. Come on, help me out. Help me, help me. Help I'm me help sorry. you. All right. I love you. <laughs> Thank you, Carla, for the suggestion of the love sandwich. It you. works amazingly. I'll let you know. I'm sure we'll have amazing. to use it many more times of on course. each other. Um, but I think it's just such a respectful way mm -hmm. to bring an issue up and to try to find a way to resolve it. 
Makes sense. Like and I to say, make, keep it about the issue, which is what a lot of people that we listen to today right. talk about. So yeah, so there were a lot of great nuggets, a lot of great things that were provided today. Again, I can't stress this enough um, that we are not the gurus. We don't profess to be the gurus. It's just it's an open discussion. It's like a your favorite small group that we get together once a week and we discuss topics and situations because again, like I said, we're talking about life, love, and the lessons we've learned. Um, as a married couple that happens to be um, interracial. And we just want to provide insight and give you guys some of the nuggets. And we're looking for, like, if you guys give comments or you drop your feedback and let us know uh, either about, you know, your own personal situations or topics you would like to talk about. Because, again, it's a community. We're a family. We're, We're a group. We're a tribe, you know. And the only way we can get better is sometimes having difficult conversations that we don't want to have, but in order to address areas that need to be addressed. Right. So now would be a good time, I think, to tell the people what next week's episode is going to be. Go ahead, Mommy. Go ahead. You so churchy. Uh-huh. So next week's episode <laughs> is about the differences uh-huh. between the way we grew up worshiping. Yep. Not just us, but maybe in general. When yeah. you're in an interracial relationship... And you come into a situ- into a relationship mm-hmm. from different uh, perspectives on worship, on praying, yeah. and um, just like the funny things that happen in churches. And right. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. But we wanted to share that with you. Make sure that you subscribe, click yeah. that notification bell for our, uh, to keep up to date on when we're dropping our next video. We drop videos every Monday and podcasts, of course. This is a podcast, but we are on YouTube. Yep. So you should subscribe, like I said, again, and then follow us on social media, like follow us on Instagram at Shades of You Podcast. Um, We're always dropping um, really cool content. And if you have suggestions, if you think like, you know, like y'all should talk about this or like I'm experiencing this, like give us some, you know what I'm saying, some, some DM, DM us like the information because again, we want to definitely um, talk about those topics and share with the group. This is a community. Like I said, we look forward to going on this journey and we look forward for you guys going on this journey with us. And uh, I think that, I feel like I've poured out to the people. I feel like I've given them enough You always say that. Is that going to be your new thing? That might be my thing because again, (laughs) it's it's all about pouring out. Oh, thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. All right. Love, peace, and hair grease. Bye.